0: This week on the Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature.
1: It just gets more interesting as we understand how our brain responds to the taste and the feel and the smell of the ocean. It's good stuff. It's good medicine.
0: I'm Neil Harvey. Please join us this week for Swimming Our Talk, Blue Mind, Ocean Heart, on the Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature.
2: The following program is made possible in part by Organic Valley Family of Farms. Organic and family-owned since 1988. Learn more at organicvalley.coop. By Park Foundation, dedicated to heightening public awareness of critical issues. And by support from listeners like you, helping air Bioneers radio programs worldwide free of charge. Visit Bioneers.org.
0: I seek to reveal to the world the fragile symphony of inner space. When oceanographer, explorer, and filmmaker, Jacques-Yves Cousteau spoke these words about Mother Ocean, he could hardly have imagined the global power he unleashed. Illuminating the magical underwater world, his 1960s films and TV show caused a sea change, moving the hearts and minds of tens of millions around the globe. Cousteau suffused his scientific mission with awe and reverence for this mysterious yet universal medium on what is first and foremost a water planet. Yet even fifty years ago, when Cousteau's movies brought to light the hidden depths, the world witnessed the tragic harms caused by our ignorance, carelessness, and greed. Today ocean explorers capture gut-wrenching images of the mammoth plastic clots, choking the life of our liquid ecosystems. They film bleached coral reefs and find only ghostly vestiges of once-thriving marine populations. Around the planet, rising tides of passionate people are making remarkable advances, both to understand and restore the waters of the world. How will we act on the biological truth that water is life and that as human beings we can't live without a healthy ocean? Join us for Swimming Our Talk, Blue Mind, Ocean Heart with marine biologist Wallace J. Nichols, ocean advocates Philippe and Alexandra Cousteau, and the Truckee High School Envirolution Club. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. The new generations of ocean guardians have insights and tools we've never had before. And they're on fire to save the world's oceans. For everyone who loves the beauty and power of the seas, marine biologist and ocean activist Dr. Wallace J. Nichols offers an urgent call to action. Nichols is a research associate at California Academy of Sciences and founder and co-director of Ocean Revolution, an international network of young ocean advocates. He says, we now know what to do. We just need to do it, to swim our talk, so to speak. Nichols spoke with us at a recent Bioneers conference. We live on an ocean planet.
1: We don't act like it. People say they love the ocean, but they don't act like it. And you know, to simplify it completely as, as simple as we can possibly state it, we're, we're putting way too much into the ocean. We're taking way too much out of the ocean in the form of fish, seafood and, and bycatch, and we're destroying the edge of the oceans, the edgy places, coral reefs, kelp forests, seagrass beds, mangrove forests, wetlands. That's where our biodiversity dwells and the productivity is. We're destroying those areas. And so that we've got an ocean crisis. There's no argument about it. Every report, international, national, nonprofit, for-profit, government agency reports, they all point in the same direction. There's complete agreement. Our ocean is in serious trouble. There's a lot of bad news. So the, the call to action that comes out of that is put less in, take less out, and protect the edge.
0: Jay Nichols says we know the far-reaching changes needed to restore ocean ecosystems and make them whole again. That means stop using
1: this crappy plastic stuff, single-use plastic that really finds its way into the ocean all over the world. It's creating a toxic plastic soup uh, in the middle of the ocean, along the coast, terrible, get off of oil and everything connected to oil, including plastic, transition to clean energy and off of oil, oil and its derivatives are destroying the ocean, right? We need to stop overfishing, choose carefully or eat less seafood or skip it. That's all right, it's not that big of a deal cut back on your seafood consumption, or just skip it all together. And when you do eat it, if you do, make sure you're eating only the best, most sustainably sourced seafood. And there are tons of resources available to find this. Search sustainable seafood, and you've got lots of resources, local, national, international. And protecting the edge. So protecting the edge means we need national parks in the ocean. They're called marine protected areas. Sylvia Earle calls them hope spots. We need more of them. We need big ones. And we need them now because we just do. We've only got 1% of our ocean
0: protected, and that's not enough. It's time to swim our talk. When Captain Jacques Cousteau made his Academy Award-winning documentaries and wildly popular TV shows, the prevailing perception was that the oceans were infinitely abundant and enduring. Part of his legacy was to spark the global marine conservation movement for generations to come, including his own family. Captain Cousteau's lineage lives on in the conservation work of his grandchildren, Alexandra and Philippe Cousteau, Jr., who are among today's most ardent and effective ocean champions.
3: Water flows through our environment. It flows through our oceans. It flows in our rivers and our lakes. It flows in our veins. It can... so destructive, and yet it can achieve perfection in, in the shape of a single snowflake.
0: Cousteau's granddaughter Alexandra is a National Geographic emerging explorer, filmmaker, and water advocate. She first went on expedition with her father, Philippe, when she was just four months old, and she learned to scuba dive with her grandfather when she was seven. In 2008, Alexandra founded Blue Legacy to tell the story of our water planet, and further her family's legacy in science, advocacy, and education. To stop ocean pollution, she realized she had to travel upstream. The journey led her along one of America's most polluted waterways, the Anacostia River, to an impoverished neighborhood in the southeast section of Washington, D.C. There, she found an environmental disaster area.
3: A lot of the pollution in the river comes from old sewage systems, Old treatment facilities, when there's a lot of rain or storm, there's overflow of raw sewage into the river because money hasn't been allocated to update those facilities. So, you know, there's that side of it. So there's a very expensive part of the solution. But I think there's also just a lot of trash that ends up in the river from people who just simply don't care. The Anacostia River has billions of gallons of raw sewage that are dumped into it every year. People are fishing in it. People are recreating on it, and it's toxic. And it's running right next to the Capitol building. And it's amazing to me that in this country, we allow that to happen.
0: In the shadow of the Capitol building, she encountered the Earth Conservation Corps, working hard to correct the harms. Since 1992, the nonprofit group has provided hands-on opportunities for unemployed, out-of-school youth to reclaim the Anacostia River, their communities, and their lives. The group compares endangered species struggling to survive in polluted waters with endangered urban youth endeavoring to survive blighted neighborhoods.
3: They actually get in the water and clean it up. They wade in, pull out trash, pull out plastic, pull out dead fish. They film it, they communicate about it. They're so incredible and um, wonderful communicators and wonderful change agents really shining a light on some of these problems that we have to deal with. We've set up a little
4: trap here, catchment area, that's going to catch all the trash. The overflows flow into the Anacostia, which
1: is pretty disgusting work.
2: You put a lot of waiters, put the plastic bags on and stuff, and then you just go in the water, get the break. Imagine how deep the water
1: is. Catch all the trash when it rains so it won't be messing up the river.
4: We got about nine bags and a mini grill. I think we did a good job today.
3: These young people have blossomed into young men and women who make their community a better place, make the river a cleaner environment, and who have really changed how they interact with their neighbors and their community. They've learned skills. They go on to higher education. They become change agents in, in their own neighborhoods. And all of that really sees a marked improvement in the quality of the Anacostia River.
0: Water is a universal medium that shows us how intimately all life is connected. In this case, how closely the health of the river is bound up with the ocean health and with the well-being of communities. And when you swim your talk, powerful changes can happen. Alexandra Cousteau makes that connection everywhere she turns, even across the boundaries of human migration and international politics.
3: I was in Washington a few months ago, and there was a French senator that came to interview me about the role of science in sustainable fisheries. And then we started talking about Africa, and I asked him, I said, you know... Senator, has it occurred to you in your discussions with your colleagues in Europe that possibly the high level of illegal immigration from the west coast of Africa through the Canary Islands into Europe may have something to do with the destruction of the marine resources by European fishing fleets, that has left these coastal communities with absolutely no other option but to get into their little fishing canoes and make their way to Canary Islands with no real idea of whether they'll even survive the trip. And maybe, just maybe, if we took a little bit of the budget that we have for coast guards and patrolling the borders and all of that, maybe if we took a little bit of that money and put it into restoring the marine and coastal habitats that these people depend on, maybe they wouldn't have to leave their country and their culture and their family and everything they've always known. And, you know, he said to me, he said, actually, we never connected the dots. We never thought about it from that angle. Wow. Hmm. Something to think about. Not two weeks later, the International Herald Tribune and the New York Times both did huge stories on the correlation between European fishing practices on the west coast of Africa and illegal immigration into Europe. It's, it's just that we as a society are not connecting the dots.
0: In this case, connecting the dots meant connecting the drops. In her grandfather's time, being an ocean explorer meant exploring the mysteries of the deep. As a 2008 National Geographic Emerging Explorer, Alexandra Cousteau finds that in these times... It also means probing the edges of human ingenuity, documenting the myriad individual actions taken by ordinary people who know that water is life.
3: In Costa Rica, there's a woman. She's 30 years old. She has children. She's on her second marriage. And she lives in this community that has one of the last nesting beaches for the leatherback turtles in the Pacific. So it really is one of the last places that these creatures can nest. And it's also a beach that developers are dying to put houses on. And this woman, she gives tours of the beaches at night to tourists. She also started a women's cooperative where they make little tortillas and empanadas and coffee for the tourists that are waiting until 2, 3, or 4 in the morning to be able to go see the nesting turtles. And 30% of the revenue from that she puts back into the village, whether it's buying beds for the clinic or school books for the children or whatever it is. She goes to the schools and teaches them about the turtles. She goes to the town hall meetings where the future of the beach is is being decided. And in spite of the fact that people tell her to be quiet and sit down because she's just a woman, she still stands up and says what's on her mind and speaks her mind and tells them how she sees it with great courage and dedication. um, She's getting her GED, her high school equivalency, while she works at a supermarket. And in so many ways, she is one of the only things that is holding back the developers and protecting this and she says she does it for the future. She does it for the children. She does it because if they're able to to build out something around these turtles, that it will be the most sustainable way for her community to move forward into the future and grow. And those people, to me, are, are the solution. We just need more of them. But the idea that everything we do makes a difference, that there's no such thing as an inconsequential decision, is so important. And those people really make it clear to me that We all have a role to play in the solutions.
0: In Cousteau's grandfather's time, the turtle economy constituted hunting turtles and their eggs for food. Today, it means a turtle tourist economy and eco-education. One of Alexandra Cousteau's powerful examples of people acting as if they really love the ocean by putting less into it, taking less out, and protecting the edges. When we return, we ride the unlikely currents of youth-inspired trash shows, the power of nagging, and the hope spot of the sweet spot where neuroscience confirms the wisdom of our blue mind. I'm Neil Harvey. This is Swimming Our Talk, Blue Mind, Ocean Heart. You're listening to The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. If you love Bioneers Radio, it's free and easy to support us. Just take a moment to post a review on our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find our show online. You'll be helping other people find and enjoy these incredible thinkers and storytellers. And thank you for helping us out. If the ocean is in crisis, we and all life on the planet share that fate. Educating ourselves to the nature of nature is imperative. And so is devising the solutions. Ocean educator and conservationist Philippe Cousteau Jr. co founded the nonprofit Earth Echo International with his sister Alexandra to empower youth to take action that protects and restores our water planet. Along with hosting ocean documentaries on CNN, Animal Planet, and the BBC, he works tirelessly to educate and activate young people to save the seas and the people. I can't tell you, actually. The last time that I was at
2: a
4: conference and someone came up to me and said, I read a billboard along the side of the road and let me tell you, I changed my life. (laughs) I can tell you how many times someone comes up to me and says, my kids come home every day and nag me to do recycling, nag me to use less plastic, nag me about the car I'm driving, nag me about who I'm voting for, nag me about putting solar panels on, it, nag me about what kind of house, nag me about this, nag me about that. I'm like, okay, fine. And we do something. That's the power. They have a huge amount of power and influence on their parents, their teachers, their communities, their schools. Now, much more than some ad campaign or an email blast, and they make change in the future. Just the consumer power the kids have today, Bono said shopping is politics and it's true. So targeting young people in education is something I'm very passionate about, if you couldn't tell, because I see the power that it can change today.
0: From the power of nagging to the power of shopping, Philippe Cousteau's work with young people has shown that they take their responsibility to the earth very seriously. At a recent Bioneers conference, a Northern California high school environmental club stepped up to share how their fun and funky conservation education programs are rocking the country. Makaya Mae Moller and Julia Hassal-Polito.
2: We actually just did our... Envirolution trash and Show, right outside. And that is really one of the big things Envirolution is about. We do energy audits and all different things. We're actually, I'm the advocacy and policy president. And our Trash and Shows are something really near and dear to our hearts because they are something that really gets through to a lot of kids in our community. We do assemblies for all the local schools. And we do Earth Day shows in Squaw Valley, San Francisco, and Bioneers, of course, which is our favorite conference. And we make all outfits out of trash and we make them all ourselves, and we have amazing commentary to go along with each of them, and we really get through to a lot of the kids we're talking to, because it's not someone just talking to them about what they need to do, it's kids who they can look up to, giving them an option of what they can do, and we really believe that the youth are the future and the present, so that's really what we stand for. (laughs) Um,
3: When we go to schools, one of the things that we have been doing is taking milk cartons and turning them into wallets or lunch containers instead of using Ziploc bags. So we're actually using recycled materials to bring their lunch to school or to have their money in. And that actually is one of our biggest hits, like when we come and roll up to our little favorite coffee place and we take out our wallet, people are like, oh my God, where did you get that? Like, well, I made it. So it's really exciting when you
1: get to see kids really involved with what you're making and doing. And it just
3: makes you feel really important, it's awesome.
0: The innovative youth leaders in the Envirolution Club make their difference by engaging their peers with really cool tools that entertain as well as educate. As research shows, it works in part because people tend to trust messages from those with experiences similar to their own. These are the kinds of environmental actions that Philippe and Alexandra Cousteau's Earth Echo International seeks to support with its grants and real world service learning programs. While we teach ourselves and each other, We need to get really good, really fast, at reading the mind of nature. But what if the mind of nature is reaching out to us too, reading our blue mind? Again, oceanographer Jay Nichols.
1: Neuroscientists in the past 10 to 15 years have been studying just about everything they can get their hands on. They study the neuroscience of iPhone use. They study the neuroscience of addiction music, masturbation, they study the neuro, seriously, they study the neuroscience of colors, they study the neuroscience, you name it. They're doing the neuroscience of everything, except the ocean. Whoops, what happened? How do, you, how do you miss the ocean? How do
0: you forget to connect neuroscience to the ocean? In the summer of 2011, Nichols helped organize the first landmark conference to connect the science of the ocean with the cutting-edge neuroscience of the human brain. They called it Blue Mind. Just as Jacques Cousteau sought to reveal the fragile symphony of inner space, it turns out the ocean is not only out there, it's literally inside us, too. After all, life evolved from Mother Ocean, and you have to wonder why the salt concentration of our eyes is exactly the same as the salt concentration of the sea.
1: We brought together leading California neuroscientists with ocean explorers and started to dig into this theme. And we could spend a lot more time on it, but the things that I found most interesting, neuroscientists have been getting together with the Dalai Lama and his friends and studying the meditative brain, the meditative mind. And the Dalai Lama said, if you discover something that's inconsistent with our ancient traditions, we'll adjust. I thought that was like brilliant, totally brilliant. That's spiritual leadership where you work together with science and, and learn, co-create, understand. Turns out the ocean puts you into a mildly or not so mild meditative state, similar to what you can achieve through practice, through training. And you don't need training. You just need to step up to it or get into it, look at it, open your ears. And so, so what does that mean? Meditation, we know, reduces stress. Stress, we know, causes disease. If the ocean can reduce stress, therefore disease, now we're talking public health. Let's start connecting these dots. And I think as we begin to dig into some of these questions, it just gets more interesting as we understand how our brain responds to the color blue, how our brain responds to that wonderful ocean sound, how our brain responds to the taste and the feel and the smell of the ocean and just looking out on that always changing surface of the ocean. And how about if you put it all together? and the synergy of all of that together. And what does that do to us? It's good stuff. It's good medicine. Our brains love the ocean. and We need to start to understand that, embrace it more.
0: As we swim upstream to restore the world's oceans, perhaps one of our greatest gifts is that we already have the ancient memory of an ocean's eye view of the world, quite literally. The ocean is in the eye of the beholder. If we put our blue minds together to solve the ocean crisis, we can create a rising tide of hope all around this blue marble of a planet. Sounds like good medicine. Swimming our talk, Blue Mind, Ocean Heart. You can listen to a variety of Bioneers radio shows, view conference videos online at www.bioneers.org, where you can also learn about attending the Bioneers Conference or a local satellite conference near you. The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, is a production of Collective Heritage Institute. Executive Producer, Kenny Ausubel, written by Catherine Stifter and Kenny Ausubel. Senior Producer, Neil Harvey. Managing Producer, Stephanie Welch. Production management, Aaron Leventman and Nicole Spangenberg. Station relations by Creative PR. Distribution is by WFMT Radio Network. Original recordings provided by Focus Audio Visual. Interview recording engineer, Jeff Westman. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Ryko Disc label. Additional music was made available by Sounds True at SoundsTrue.com. For more music information, please visit Bioneers.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Collective Heritage Institute, the Underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in inspiring a shift to live on earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other and future generations. This is program number 0912.
2: This series is made possible by Organic Valley Family of Farms, organic and family owned since 1988. Learn more at organicvalley.coop. And by Park Foundation, dedicated to heightening public awareness of critical issues. For more information, Visit www.bioneers.org
1: or call 1-877-BIONEER.